episode. This is episode 190. No Laugh Track podcast. This is Justin Severson, the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat, for letting us play uh, your music there at the beginning. And I have uh, a first-time guest here today, and I overheard him say out in the club or out by the bar there a few minutes ago that this is his first time at Acme. So I am here to welcome you officially, Thanks. Doogie Horner. How hey, are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you for welcoming me. So that was true. You've never been here before. No, I was just saying that to try to impress you. Yeah, I've never, <laughs> been, never I just lie. Uh, just random lies to keep people. No, good start. Good start. So I'm hard to read. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, no, I've never been here before. This is my first time. I've been in this part of the country before. What do you mean by that? Go ahead and say like you were been to Canada. New York. Assault us, New York City. <laughs> I've been to the, uh, one time I went to the east side. There you go. Or wait, West Side. <laughs> yeah, very. Yep. One time I went to Jersey City. Practically the same place. Um, yeah. No, yeah, I've been I've been in this in, in this zone before, but I've never been to Acme. Zone. Well, welcome. This geographic zone. Thank you. How was the uh, How was last night? It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Nice crowd. Um, There's only one disruption. This girl, so as the she she um, it was one of those things where she was drunk and she didn't realize like she she didn't think anybody would hear. She didn't realize how loud she was talking. Oh. People were laughing, and then like as the laughs died out, she was talking to her boyfriend. And she goes, "I didn't want to laugh, but he made me laugh." What? <laughs> I didn't want to laugh, but I did. What? <laughs> he made me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to laugh, and I laughed. <laughs> Did you ask her to, uh, did you get a recording of that? That sounds like a great quote you could share. I told her, I said, that's my new blurb. Yeah, the new blurb. I didn't want to laugh, and I did anyways. (laughs) He made me. That's perfect. Best kind of laughter, forced. Right. Um, He tricked me. Coerced. Uh, But yeah, the crowd was nice. It was a good show. You're here with Nick Thune? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Does he have a beard? Do you have a beard? Does he have a beard these days? I haven't seen him yet. He does have a beard, and he only tours with other bearded guys. Okay, that's that's what I was getting at. I yeah, all beards. <laughs> does the way Derek Henkels is opening, he's beardless. He wears a fake one <laughs> okay. for when he's on stage. <laughs> good, good. How did you? Uh, how far do you and Derek? Uh, not you and Derek. How far do you, do you and Nick Thune go back? We've known each other for a couple of years. We met in Philly, I think, at Helium Comedy Club. Maybe four years ago, four, oh, okay. four or five years ago. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. And uh, he's not going to be on No Laugh Track this week, but if people want to hear my voice and his voice combined, he has been on this podcast before, mm-hmm. episode 55. So when you're all done listening to this, go back. It's Yeah. It's go in the Hall of Fame. Check somewhere. out the archives. Yeah. The archives. Just pull, go back in your iTunes. I'm sure you still have it saved and uh, listen to that mm-hmm. one again. Doogie, I got to tell you, man. I was very excited. I, I do th- I have thorough research for all these podcasts. Good. And it sounds like I'm being like sarcastic by saying that. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. <laughs> but I, leg- I, I legit- do thorough research. I legitimately do. I and mean I take- <laughs> I really do. I'm stupid. And uh, no, I take a lot of pride in that. And I'm super excited to talk to you about all the shit that you've done. Oh, cool. And I say shit in the nicest way possible. I hope you start lot. with my uh, junior high school sports career. Yeah, let's go over that. Doogie, no. saw you played soccer. <laughs> Are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate Frisbee. Wow, you're a. So there wasn't a, lot of sports. a there wasn't a chess team you could have been on instead. I did play chess, but I wasn't very good. Really? No, I'm not a very good chess player. My, uh, I don't know how to play chess. It's and easy. I, it's easy. It, it is easy, right? I, I like how I'm like, I'm not very good. And I go, it's easy. Yeah, it's easy to play bad. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's easy to participate, just not win. Uh, it is pretty easy. It is pretty easy. The rules are pretty easy. But I don't play chess. I'm not very good at it. I prefer Go, the ancient Japanese uh, strategy game. What? It's awesome. It's a big benchmark for artificial intelligence because computers have been able to beat people at chess for a long time. Uh-huh. And how they do it is through raw computing power. Like just brute force, they just the computer just looks at every possibility on the board. But with Go, you can't do that because there's an almost infinite amount of possibilities. Like it's possible that the same game of Go has never been played twice. Wow. Okay. So raw computing force can't. It can make a pretty good Go computer, but not a great one. So anyway, so that's how they test. That's that's one measure of artificial intelligence: how good a computer is at Go. And they finally made a computer that 
is better than the best Go player. I think just just like last month or something. Wow, it's still being tested out. It's but it's very very good. Is it a? It's not a. Is it? How do you play Go? Is it on? It looks like you know Othello. Mm-hmm. It's like that with white and black stones. So, but the Othello, you know how Othello stands up? It's a board. It's a flat board, and it's wood, and it's just a grid. And I think it's 256 points, and you put a stone. So, like, you're the black stones, I'm the white stones. I can put a stone anywhere I want on any point, and then you can put a stone anywhere you want on any point. Uh-huh. And that's why there's so many possibilities, because yeah. you can do anything at any time. And you, we just keep doing that. And the goal is to kind of surround the other person, to, like, control more territory. Uh-huh. And so, but the strategies are very unclear, like really good go players sometimes they don't even know why they make a move they're like it just looks right or it just feels right it's a lot more intuitive um where are you finding people to play go with you oh, <laughs> i've I'd, never heard of this where are you finding people <laughs> I, I i i usually don't i usually just have to play them online or oh, okay. I, I i just teach someone how to play, how to, how to play and then i got a new person to play with. okay because the rules are very simple but it just takes it and i mean i'm not good at it either so yeah you, you, you i can just play with anybody and they're probably as good as me gotcha but gotcha i um i didn't know we'd get into that now i I've, now i've learned a new thing you go. knew you baited me I baited you. <laughs> you held up a sign that said, talk about go. Go. No, you misunderstood. The sign just said go. You, mis- you misunderstood. I'm trying to get you to hurry up. <laughs> Be interesting. <laughs> Not bore us. Can I tell you what I did this morning? No. Yes. You sh- you, sh- you want to know this. Yeah, yeah. Because it involves you. I Well, I, last night, I purchased your brand new album. A Delicate Man. That's right. A Delicate Man. I purchased it from iTunes. And then this morning, I listened to the whole thing twice. What'd you think? It's really good. Thank you. Really good. I was nervous for a second. What'd you think? You go, not my cup of tea. No, very funny. And I, you know, I, I'm not too familiar with your stuff. So it was like great to sit there. And I was excited. There was something so new. Great timing, man. Yeah. Great timing to be here and have some, a brand new album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I even made a couple little notes. I want to let you know that great. Uh, I love cheese. Oh, uh, In good. reference to one of your... A reply to one of your jokes about cheese. Yeah, my friend is not like cheese. Chip Chantry, another comedian, he doesn't like cheese. And it it it's it that th- that joke is a true story. It happens the same way. People always they find out he doesn't like cheese and they just start listing different cheeses. They're like he he must because they th- they're like well he must not know what cheese is. They're like have you had Swiss? And he goes I've only ever eaten Jarlsberg. Oh, there are other types. Like like you, 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 like he just. And you can't help yourself. Even knowing that that's what people do to him, yeah. the first time he told me that, <laughs> I still asked. Him, I was like, "But I mean, what about cheddar? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what about curds? I love that." <laughs> and he had a. We went to his house for a New Year's Eve party one time, and he bought pizza for the whole for everybody. It was, it was like a hundred people there. He bought pizza for everybody from this really good pizza shop, and it was all tomato pie. No, all tomato pie. And I mean, it was really. It was still really good, but man, come on, Chip. We don't. I used to work with a guy that was just the opposite. We'd uh, get pizzas at work, and he would only eat the cheese. He'd eat the cheese off it? Yes, and then leave the rest of the pizza. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. Do you know Chip? No, I don't. I do not. Oh, okay. He's a, really, he's a really great comic. No, he's but I know what Philly. I'm going to talk to him about first thing. It's yeah. Obviously cheese. Yeah, he has an album out, too, Across from the Adonis. Oh, Okay. That he recorded also at Helium. We're so we're yeah we're both from Philly. Right on. And so I yeah I recorded a Delicate Man at at Helium in Philly. And uh, was that your first and only choice of places to record? I looked at some other places. I'm from Philadelphia, and I wanted to record at Helium because that's the first place I performed at. That's my home club. Cool. Very cool. I love Helium. I love uh, Mark Grossman, who who runs it, is a friend of mine, and he's been super supportive over the years. But I was a little concerned about recording there because it's a pretty big room and I wanted to, on the album you really want the room to sound packed and I wanted to do multiple shows. Okay. I wanted to be able to do as many shows as possible. So I did look at some other rooms in Philly, um, but then ultimately we ended up doing it at Helium and just doing one show and just packing it and just doing it one shot and Oh it is. And yeah, just that yeah, that's just I just did one take Nice. There's almost and there's almost no editing on it, and it was great. Yeah. So, but yeah, I like Helium a lot, and so I was glad to be able to do it there. Uh, well, it sounded packed, so 
Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> did you name the? Uh, did you get name the tracks? Did you get help with that? Or I only asked that because a comic once asked me. Uh, Dave Mordahl had a CD come out like four years after he recorded the material, and then finally he was like, "All right, I'm going to put this out there." And he asked me, and I got to name all of the tracks on his CD. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's an interesting story because actually Dave Mordahl named my tracks. <laughs> so it's weird. He's like, can you name my tracks? I'm too busy naming other people's tracks. Uh, no, so it was funny because they did, like the the label did a rough cut of it. Like they they recorded it and then they did a cut of it and they split it into tracks. Oh, okay. And they named them all. And so they gave it to me as a rough cut. Like here are where we cut, here are where we split up the tracks and here's what we named them. Oh, did that drive you nuts? Like you, you split up my, no, that's one long joke. Well, no, that's what I, well, no, first of all, obviously they know where to cut it. Like they're, <laughs> It's a they're a comedy label like they make comedy albums. They know what they're doing. That's the whole point of <laughs> going with a label is that That's they know what they're I, doing. You know what I mean? Um, so I wanted that. You know, I want their ex. You know, I want the producers' yeah. expertise and opinions and stuff. So, um, but it was interesting because they named the tracks, and you know, I you, you know how like you you name your jokes. You have like a three by five card or your notebook or whatever, and you name your different jokes things so that and you put little bullets and you line them so you can remember what they call mm-hmm. so i have names for my jokes that i call you know what i call them and so it was interesting the one joke i have i call it oatmeal uh-huh. which is what i call it to help myself remember it yeah. and they called it all you can eat sex buffet <laughs> <laughs> and i said oh that is a catchier title <laughs> that will probably intrigue people more than oatmeal <laughs> so but anyway so i kept I kept some of them the way they named them, and then some of them I changed. <laughs> and I asked them, "What's the like? The, what is the logic for for naming tracks?" And they, and they said, generally speaking, you just want to make it as short as you can, as easily identifiable as you can. Because if somebody's looking for one of your particular, like, let's say you're a Jim Gaffigan fan, and you want to hear his Hot Pockets joke, yeah, you want to be able to it find. It better be called Hot. Pockets. It better be called Hot Pockets. Right. You know what I mean? So and not <clears throat> sex buffet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to go back over my notes here about your, this is, this is, let's call this my, but I'm so glad you liked the album. Thank I, you. I, I, I honestly, honestly, thank you. And I put my money where my mouth is, man. I do. I, I put down my own nine ninety nine to buy this thing. I will pay you back. That's good. You took the hint. Yeah. <laughs> so I slide. Do you it. have straight cash or check? No, we'll talk about it. After it's going to be barter. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I'm I'm glad you meant uh, I'm glad you brought up the sex buffet joke because uh, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to spoil any your, you know material but I'll just say that burrito by myself made me laugh out loud really hard. <laughs> the so, joke used to be longer and it, it was a little disgusting. There was this whole Stromboli segue. That oh, I, I don't know okay. if it was it was a little gross. Um, also, I have to say uh, that track ten is about divorce. Yeah. And I am I I've gone through divorce and I'm oh, remarried. I'm sorry. And uh, your line about the paperwork and about relying on someone <laughs> is, dude, so true. Yeah, you send your whole you know you're married to somebody. So it's true. like you know they do the, they handle the banking, they do the stuff. You divorce me, like how do I even so true start? Where where so the true. where the where are my shoes? I can't even get out of the fucking house. Yeah. Hey hey um. Can, I'm going to need the bank account number to our bank account that I never had access to. That's in both of our names. What's my Soch? Yeah, totally. Oh yeah. What? Where do you have? Can I have any paperwork on the kids? I don't. I, you took in a lot. Oh yeah. So very rang very true. That Louis C.K. Um, special. Uh, what is it called? Not Shameless. Is it called? Is he one called Shameless? He's got Shameless or chewed up. Nope, not chewed up. I think it's shameless. It's the one where he talks about a divorce. That that well, same thing hit me. It's so freaking true. Like he just nails stuff, and you did it in that one track. As yeah. Well. Good work, sir. Thank you. And you've never been through a divorce yourself. No, luckily I've I've just been married once, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm married now. My wife and I got married about f- four four to six years ago. Sure, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh-huh. We've been together for so long. We've been together for almost 15 years or maybe 15 years or something like that. And so, you, 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 you know, I can't quite remember. And I'm just bad with numbers and dates. And But it's funny because you know, when people ask me how long I've been married and I say like, yeah, uh, you know, four to six, I'm not sure. And they and they get like upset and they go like, oh, well, you better. Oh, I bet you're, you don't know. I bet that makes your wife angry. If it made my wife angry, don't you think I would know? 
Mm-hmm. What kind of idiot? Like, obviously, she doesn't care. I don't know because she, she, it doesn't bother her. If it yeah. bothered her, yeah, I'd memorize it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bet your wife hates that. Yeah, and I just do it anyways. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about her. That's what I want you to know about me. I don't <laughs> give a shit. Hurt her feelings? <laughs> Good. Do you know her birthday, though? Uh, also, no. No. I know generally. it's Month? Season? Yeah, it's late August, and I always confuse it. I think it's August 29th, but I always confuse that with my dad's. I always, I think it is actually August 29th, but then I think my dad's birthday is August 15th or somewhere else in August. And so I always think her birthday is August 29th, but then I think, oh no, that's my dad's birth. But I always, I know it's late August and then I always get reminded of the exact date yeah, yeah. when we're near there. There's always a reminder. There's always a reminder. How, uh, when your album came out, do you go, do you read reviews of it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not too many. I don't really, I don't spend a ton of time online anymore. Um, because yeah, it's just kind of a, that's interesting. Why? Uh, cause it's kind of a waste of time and you never know what you're going to get. Someone could say something nice or someone could say something mean, you know, if somebody says something nice, you just go, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And I thought so, you know, like, or they, you know, <laughs> they say something mean and then you just feel bad. Um, so, so what have you dropped that you like? You said, if you say you're not spending as much time, what are you not doing anymore? I, I just generally don't spend as much time online. Just stay off completely uh, across the board. I mean, I like I'll, I'll tweet, and then my tweets are connected to Facebook, so it goes through there. Like, yeah. like I'll post stuff, but I don't spend a ton of time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't spend a ton of time online. Yeah, but I, I, I read some of the reviews, and I, I liked. It's it's nice, you know. It's interesting to hear. Um, people like I like hearing you know you're you know when I like when people say like oh I I've been through that or I know what you mean or I've had the same thing happen that is that is nice to hear especially because I never used to do jokes like that like I I waited to record now because my early material was a lot more alternative I yeah I was reading some stuff and it described you as more of a uh, a storyteller oh yeah I'm not. <laughs> No, that you were maybe. No, am I remembering what I read correctly? Maybe, maybe somebody said that. Yeah. Maybe I used to. I don't. I mean, I don't think I used to be a storyteller. No. Oh, uh, for a little bit there, I had a couple long stories that I didn't put on the album. But I used to do more one-liners and oh, more okay. like short, weird jokes that I was proud of the fact that you couldn't relate. Nobody could relate to them. <laughs> and like, I, th- I think I was, I was intentionally tr- trying to be weird but then not trying to be weird but i just i didn't like that comedians always talked about their life and stuff and i just thought why don't we talk about different things but then at a certain point after doing comedy for a while you just kind of want to talk about your life or things you actually think about or things you actually believe in as opposed to stepping on stage and talking about different things because then when you when you talk about things you actually think or you talk about your life it's great because if you're on stage and you think of something or something happens you can talk about it yeah and it's not a segue out of you don't have to segue out of your set or go or, you know it's not a difficult transition back into your stuff you know you can just talk about something that happened that day or something you actually believe which and, is nice and you have you're a parent now correct yeah yeah congrats thank you little that, boy that's one of the reasons i'm spending less time online because <laughs> i just don't i can't i, I bet don't, i don't have the time uh yeah it's a little boy's name's kirby and um he was born on christmas day really so he's like nine or ten weeks old right now and um he's at my parents house right now with my wife and they bought him a cap they bought him a hat today they bought him a hat that, he was, got, the, he got that a hat. was the update you got yeah he bought they bought a, a red and black checked hunter's cap today because it's adorable and they sent me a photo kid, yeah a baby yeah yeah uh I don't know if the, if this is why you named him Kirby, but to score points here, you know, you should tell people you named him after Kirby Puckett. Yeah, there's only a couple Kirbys. Vacuum so, cleaner. Oh, didn't know that one. Oh, yeah. Kirby Cur- vacuums. Really? Yeah. Is that a Minneapolis thing? I don't even know if they still exist, but I know at one point people that was like, a, you know, well, I could always go sell Kirby vacuums. Oh boy, they like got a, Hoover. Hoover beat them out. Hoover, yeah, I don't know. Dirt like a, Devil. They got into an insane trade that, war, and that Dyson guy overpowered him. I don't know, but uh, yeah, there's only a couple Kirby's. So people, when I yeah, say my son's name is Kirby, they either mention Kirby Pocket, uh, Kirby the uh, the pink video game guy. Oh yeah. Or um, his full name is Kirby Lee. So a lot of people think that we named it, they, I love comic books, and so they go, oh, you named him after Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Yeah. Which, 
I would never name my kid after Stan Lee. I would name my kid after Jack Kirby. I love Jack Kirby, but he's not named after Jack Kirby. He's named after my wife's grandfather. His name was Kirby. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And then my dad's middle name is Lee, so that's okay. why we chose Lee. You're big. And uh, see now, I, that Stan proves Lee. that you're way into comics and all that stuff because I don't know who Jack Kirby is, but I definitely know who Stan Lee is. Everybody knows who Stan Lee is because right. he's a fucking shameless. <laughs> wow. I hate that shit, man. Really? Yeah, he just ripped so many people off. He's just. What do you mean? I don't. I, I'm not. He I, was. I, don't know anything. I mean, he was a good writer, but he he took a lot of credit away from other people, other artists. Like nobody knows St- Steve Ditko. I mean, some people know Steve Ditko, but everybody knows Stan Lee because Stan Lee loves putting his dumb fucking face on stuff. There's some people who their one of their gifts is for self promotion and they're charismatic and they're a good talker and they enjoy doing that stuff. There's other people that like doing fucking work. Yeah, we got one running for president. Yeah, you know, and Steve Ditko is an incredible artist. He was the original artist for Spider Man, and he didn't give a shit about. If you knew his name or not, he just wanted to make great work. And that's why so many artists get rip, ripped off because artists care about making work and they just want an audience. And then money people, they want money. And so so many, what happens so many times is money people, the people that own the platform, they say, hey, I'll put your work out there. And that's all the artists want. And then they go, great. And they stop, they don't stop to read the fine print. And so they get fucking ripped off. And years later... Uh, they're, they're they're penniless alcoholics. I mean, this is the same situation with Bob Kane and Bill Finger, the uh, the guy who uh, the people who created Batman. Nobody knows who Bill Finger is. Yeah, everybody Kane. knows who Bob Kane is. His, yeah. his name still has to be on all the Batman shit because he said it has to be. And Bob Kane didn't do anything. I mean, he created Batman, but Batman sucked when he created him. He was not talented. Bill Finger uh, was the real talent, that and made he him cool. he died as a penniless alcoholic, and so. You know, same thing happened with Superman's creators, you know. Um, so, anyway. They're all lies, man. They're, they've just been lying to us. No, it's just, I mean, it's like I said, you know, money people got the money, and so they own the position, and so they're in a position of power first. And then that's what they want. They want money. So there's a whole group of... And uh, artists just want exposure. They just want an audience. And so you tell an you like, if you tell an, uh, an artist, like, great job, I listened to your thing, and I really liked it. Like, you tell me, like, I loved your album. Like, that's all I want. You know, if, like, yeah. you're like... All right, I can either give you twenty dollars, or somebody can say they liked your album. I'll be like, I'd, I'd like to hear that compliment. Yeah, right on, right on, <laughs> That's right. what you want. You put work out there, partially to express yourself, but partially because you want to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that fascinates me. There's a group of illustrators and, and comic book people out there that are like, "Fuck Stanley." A lot of people, huh? Feel that? I mean, a lot of people like him. Yeah. I mean, he's an artist too. I mean, he was a great writer and stuff, but. Um, he had a definite gift for self-promotion. And and and, and uh, I don't even know. That's probably not his real name, but a name that sticks, you know. Stanley, Stanley, you know. <laughs> that works for him. Wow, I had no idea. Uh, and I know that you are. I, you're passionate about this because you're an illustrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing I'm excited to hear about. When I when I search your name and all these books start popping up, like holy crap, this guy's not just a comic. No, I make books. Wow, how did how did how how did that all happen? Well, I went to art school in Philadelphia. I went to Tyler School of Art, and I'd always drawn. And um, did you doodle? Did you doodle in notebooks when you were in class? Um, yeah, kind of. Not not so much. I wasn't a big doodler. Okay. Um, but I always drew. And then I always and I always drew like cartoons and comic books type stuff. And then I went to art school and I majored in graphic design and I kept drawing. And there came a certain point, you know how when you get good enough to realize how bad you are? <laughs> and that's a very, a lot, a lot of people have talked about this, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but that's a big hurdle that a lot of creative people don't get over, right? When you get good enough to realize how bad you are, to, you're you're good enough to see how bad you are, but not good enough to know how to fix that, right? You don't have the the talent to, but you have the vision, mm-hmm. and that's really uh, upsetting and embarrassing. The balls, yeah. And so I I reached that point a couple years after I graduated from college. I kept I kept illustrating, I kept drawing, I was writing and drawing my own little books. I did one about. I don't know why a lot of them are holiday themed. They did a, a diehard nutcracker mashup 
I did a, a Santa one about uh, Santa having like a difficulty with his deliveries. I did one where these astronauts go to a, a planet and they take bugs with them to study and the, the bugs get near these rocks and they mutate into these giant things. And so it's astronauts fighting these giant bugs in outer space. And so uh, after the astronauts and bugs one, that was when I realized, oh, these are really stupid <laughs> stories and I'm bad illustrator. So I stopped illustrating. Where were you putting them that people could see them back then? Uh, I was just, I just made the books and then showed them to people or I did a couple gallery shows. I put them up in uh, bookstores or coffee shops around Philly and I just kind of did them. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, but I stopped illustrating for many years after, after that. But so anyways, while I was doing that, after I graduated, I, I love books. And so I knew I wanted to get into publishing. And so I worked at um, Running Press, which is a publisher in Philadelphia, and I was a designer there for a couple of years. Wow. And then I moved to That's Cor- like a gig you could have had for life, right? Like people do that as a career. Yeah. Well, then after yeah, well then after that I moved to Quirk Books, which um I was the art director there and I was there for almost 10 years, and that was really 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 hard to leave because I loved that job. I love books. I was the art director. I was, I still am really, really good friends with the the publisher there, Jason Merkulak. Okay. He's one of the most talented people I know. He's the guy who created Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and helped create Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children and all, all these other great books. Like he's just got this really good vision. Wow. And he's really good at helping authors um, achieve their vision. He's a very good editor. You know, like he's an old school editor where he's super involved with the books and um, he's so talented and we work together on a bunch of books, making books. It's a really small publisher. So you're involved with every facet of the production. Awesome. And so I loved that job and it was really, it was very, very hard for me to, after 10 years there, I, we, we left, my wife and I left Philadelphia and we moved to New York for comedy. How and, many years into comedy had you been then? You moved. Uh, maybe seven years. Oh, okay. Six or seven. Okay. So not um, that long ago. Yeah, no, we've only been in New York for two years. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was really tough to choose because, yeah, I I, I love doing that stuff, and it was a it was a fantastic job and really creatively rewarding. So, but anyway, so then, um, so I was the art director there and designer there, and then, like I said, I had stopped illustrating because it was I was so bad. <laughs> and then I started to slowly get back into it. I did a book called Everything Explained Through Flow Charts. Yeah. I started making these I don't know why. I started making these insane charts. It was oh actually I do know why. I started doing comedy and I noticed a lot of people told jokes about the same subjects. So I made a chart it was the universal comedy flow chart. <laughs> and it was just encapsulated all the different subjects people talk about. You know, like but like I'm dumb or like my wife is dumb or uh, my parents talk funny, or, you know, sex stuff. Right. So all those other things, that's like deprecation. There's deprecation, there's criticism, um, like there's just, you, 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 so there's self-deprecation, there's uh, criticism, there's society, you know, there's society criticism, you're right, there's observation. Um, anyways, so I started making these big charts, and that turned into a book called Everything Explained Through Flow Charts. And that's when I started drawing again. I started illustrating my charts, it was a way back into illustration because you got this huge, crazy chart and in there are these little illustrations, mm-hmm. you know, like in the book, there's probably like a thousand illustrations, but they're all tiny. And then after that, I did a book called a hundred ghosts and that one, it, the illustrations are super duper simple. They're just ghosts. These are like the little floating bed sheet ghosts. Yeah. And so then that was my way back into illustrations, g- getting back to the basics and figuring out what do I, what do I not like about my art? what is wrong with it. And then my third book was some very interesting cats. Perhaps, perhaps you weren't aware of my books had the long worst long, like I'll choose titles. I'll go, uh, everything explained through flowcharts. That's just a working title. I'm sure the publisher will change it and they don't, you know, some very interesting cats, perhaps you weren't aware of. I mean, they won't <laughs> keep that as the title. Will they? I actually, you know, I bring my uh, notes for the podcast and I wrote down the name of all those books. Some very interesting cats, perhaps you weren't aware of, almost didn't fit fit on the page. It's so hard to remember, <laughs> which is not good. You don't want people to not be able to remember. 
some cats that I didn't know were there, the author of. Yeah. Um, so, but then, and that one was more complicated, the illustrations in that. And so I was able to get back an illustration now. And then I just finished illustrating three books for Quirk, uh, middle grade books. And they're... Oh, yeah. I looked. At, I was looking at those. Kid presidents, kid athletes, and kid artists. And each one of those books had 200 illustrations. <laughs> so I just finished Kid Artist. So it was 600 illustrations. And so now I feel like I'm in really good form illustration-wise from doing all those different things. It's like that thing where, you know, like, I think they did a, a, a study where they had somebody, they said they gave them a, a semester and they said, just make, make as many pots as you can doing like pottery, uh-huh. like make every day, just make it as many pots as you can. And then the other person, they said, all right, you have all semester to make one pot, like one perfect pot. And the person that just kept making stuff and not worrying about it, their pot at the end was better. Like oh, you yeah. have to do stuff and you have to get over it. So yeah, yeah. those books were a great way for me to get over kind of my fear of illustration and my, you, you hold yourself to these really high standards in all types of art. And the same thing is true of comedy. Yeah. And, but when you're just forced to do it, that's how you, you get better and how you get over it. Anyways, that's probably I, I was looking Sorry, at some but, of, uh, you know, what, like what they would show me on Amazon. I didn't have the books right in front of me, mm-hmm. but I was looking at them. Um, that 100 ghosts. So I saw some on some website, uh, where you did some of like a Game of Thrones uh, stuff. Is that in the book or was that just something? Similar? No, yeah. After the book came out, I just did a bunch for for fun. I did Orange is the New Black and Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad. Yeah, the Breaking Bad. I saw those as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's the type of thing. I look back at those now. I'm like, oh, those those are pretty shitty. <laughs> really? You think so? <laughs> yeah, those are pretty bad. Okay. I think those drawings are pretty bad. Huh. But uh, I'm better now. Yeah. It's all about line weight. I've really learned to focus on my line weight and then also structural integrity in the illustrations, simplification, like simplifying them and basing them around geometric shapes and simplifying and making sure it's everything. There's no unnecessary lines. Like if you got a line in the wrong place, drawing two lines on either side of it, isn't going to help. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's about placement, consistent Uh simplification, and then, I've really been focusing on line weight recently. Who, who did you get the uh, artistic skill from? One of your parents good at that, or? Um, no, uh, let me th- no. Uh, I mean, my grandmother painted. Okay. Um, but I think she's the only artist in the family. I mean, my dad, my mom, both the kind of like artistic, maybe personalities. My mom was into acting. Oh yeah. And my dad. He worked in marketing, but he was always doing weird. He did not like, he had no interest in his job. <laughs> he was always doing weird stuff. He flew ultralights and he was uh, always working on his ultralights. I was trying to improve them and, and oh, building wow. them and stuff. And um, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice break from marketing. Yeah, he did not like marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have something, What you must have something next. What's next? Uh, I just finished illustrating the Die Hard Coloring book. That's a real thing? I saw that on your Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah. That's seriously a real thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it was, awesome. It was funny. I was talking to HarperCollins, and they, they asked me if I had any coloring book ideas, because adult coloring books are a thing now. I created that fad, by the way. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was yeah. you? Yeah. So well, if was, you, get, you make a ton of money, you're, you're welcome. I just wanted to say, because I was, I'm an adult, mm-hmm. and I was coloring like two years ago, and then uh, with, and I was like, there should be coloring books for adults. I will. Now they're everywhere, so I'll no one it. heard me ask that, but it just happened to coincide with it. So uh, I'll add it to my the, the ten dollars I owe you for the album. Yeah, you should. You should. So, uh, is oh. this the first one then that you've done? Uh, like, I actually helped design one for Quirk uh, a couple years ago called Color Me Fierce. Um, it was like a fashion coloring book, and um, I have a Star Wars coloring book, adult. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, but so yeah, HarperCollins, they asked me they, for coloring book ideas and I gave them a bunch. And one of them was, I just said, you know, let's do like 80s movies. And uh, they said, well, we like that idea, but we can't, we'd have to pay for the rights. The and rights we can't yeah. get the rights and it's too expensive. So uh-huh. I said, okay, don't worry about it. And then the next day they called me and they go, all right, we bought the rights for, and they listed a, like a bunch of movies. And they, and I said, oh, okay. No shit. And so then, um, so I chose Die Hard from their list and uh because i love that movie it's i mean it's one of my 
This is before favorite films. Before or after the death of Alan Rickman, rest in peace. Uh, I think it was actually before. Okay. And um, yeah, I just finished finished drawing it a couple days ago, and it, it looks it looks really great. And so that'll be coming out soon. Kid artists will be coming out soon. And that's you drew like artists painters or like who what we, we covered who artists we we covered um a wide range of artists but skewed towards some that kids might be more familiar with so you know dr seuss and oh, okay. beatrix potter wouldn't be in your typical art history right. class but you know kids kids know them so yeah um but yeah so it's a non-fiction book it's little short stories about different artists <laughs> And then it's, but it's got tons of illustrations on every page. Yeah, um, it's kind of like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, that sort of format where there's text and then an illustration. And those, then those books text, are so cool. Scenes. My my daughters are right in that age group where they're getting into those. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. I mean, I'm not sitting there reading them, but just I could tell how much they enjoy them. That's good for me. Yeah, yeah. So that's a middle grade book, and then the Die Hard coloring book, and then I have a kids book. I have a couple kids books that I wrote and illustrated that I have right now that. Uh, I got to get a new agent for, I'm, I'm switching agents cause I'm, I want to move to somebody that's got more experience with kids books. Uh huh. And then I have, a, I have a couple other things that a couple other books, um, that are in the, in the pot that are in the crock pot. How about, do you ever Stand. do like, uh, uh, what's the word, for, you know, like cartoons, you know, I've tried doing cartoons. I love cartoons. I mean, that's my f- I really like cartoons. Like when I was a kid, I loved Calvin and Hobbes and Bloom County and The Far Side, and I love comic books. That I've always really wanted to do that, mm-hmm. but I don't. I just don't think I have the right temperament for it. Because to be really good at cartoons, a key skill you need to have is it's it's about like visualizing the story and visualizing the things that happen between the panels. Uh-huh. You know, it's about image choice. And it's kind of like directing and it involves, I mean, you don't have to be able to, but you, it is good. Like you just got to draw a lot of boring stuff. Like somebody gets a phone call. Oh, now I got to draw a phone. Yeah. Ring. I hate drawing phones or uh, I hate drawing. uh, (laughs) I'm learning perspective. I've never, I've never drawn in buildings. I've never, I hate architecture drawing it in perspective. And I'm finally, I'm just like, oh God, I got to learn how to draw correctly in perspective. And so I've been learning it. I've been working on it and it's such a pain in the balls. Wow. You don't have to draw that way. I mean, a lot of people, Jeffrey Brown, look at Jeffrey Brown. He doesn't let any of that stuff stop him. He just draws the way he wants to. And if it doesn't look good, screw it. You can just do like the one panel ones, like a uh, family, what is that one? Family circus. Family circus. <laughs> circus. Yeah. Circus. Uh, Little Billy. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't. I don't have any interest in drawing that kind of stuff like New Yorker cartoons. But I yeah. wish. I mean, I love comic books, and I would love to do that. But like I said, I just don't think I have the right temperament to draw all those panels, and I don't think it's necessarily a gift of mine the skill of imagining what happens between the panels and visualizing stories that way. That that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'll ever do that. I mean, I wish. <laughs> Yeah, I want to go back to uh, you. so the so your wife and kid are back home, mm-hmm. and you're on the road. Yeah, yeah, you're missing out on those late night feedings and the early mornings <laughs> and the shitty diapers. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I haven't been traveling too much since since we had Kirby. I've been traveling less. This is only like the second road oh, road, okay. road gig I've done since he's been born. So I've been I've been doing it less. Yeah, um, but it hasn't been too bad so far. He's been. He's been Kirby's been sleeping pretty good. He'll sleep at a uh, five hour. He'll do a five hour stretch sometimes at night, and um, yeah, it hasn't been too bad. And What's it's, the biggest surprise in being a new parent? Um, no, no, no surprises. No, I mean, you, you you know about it. You hear about it. You know, and I mean, I'm pretty old. I'm 35, so I think it maybe would have been more of a shock if I mean my wife and I have been together for 15 years we're both in our mid 30s you know you know I think maybe having a kid is a is a is a more shocking experience if you don't know each other as well as a couple or if you're younger mm-hmm. you know I mean you in my mid 30s having a kid I'm really not giving up too much there aren't too many lifestyle changes it's not like I'm too old you know there came a point of certain years ago where it's just getting fucked up every night 
is not something I can do yeah. anymore. Uh-huh. You know, it hurts. Yeah. And so, you know, and meeting new people, how many new, I need new people, yeah. you know, I got I, enough friends. I got my people. Right. So <laughs> there haven't been too many, the, the changes haven't been, I, I feel like we were ready for a new experience and a new thing. Yeah. And you hear so much, you, you, you know, what's going to happen. Um, when you have a kid, yeah. you know what it entails. And you know what I noticed is how many, uh, useless products, uh, people think you need to purchase yeah right yeah that's what i noticed is how much money is wasted on gimmicky things for babies yeah like you talking cribs. about cribs no <laughs> <laughs> use a drawer you could my 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 wife's family was uh not poor but i mean i guess pretty poor when and uh her dad was a pastor and they grew up in rural canada and there were four kids and stuff and so uh, she was like, yeah, we just, you know, we didn't have a lot of fancy stuff or yeah. anything. And so I love her attitude. One of the things I love about my wife is the, the, her, yeah, she doesn't buy a bunch of that's good useless good crap. Yeah. Um, although she's become obsessed with mobiles. Oh. <laughs> she's got every day a new mobile arrives in what? the mail. <laughs> yeah, Are you running out of room to hang those things? Yeah. We got a lot of mobiles. <laughs> Um, and they're all like weird, like one was some, they're all like from Thailand or like different weird, um, you might want to check the ingredients on what that was made of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you want it to fall in and, um, but Kirby, Kirby starts chewing on it. Kirby does love mobiles. Yeah. He's got a balloon mobile that he likes a lot. But anyway, so no big surprise. I mean, you know, everybody tells you they're like, oh, it's going to change your life. You, you probably don't think it will. I know it will. Yeah. No, I know it's a baby. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm surprised how much I. I would say I'm surprised how much I love him, but I assumed I would love him. Like, mm-hmm. he's my son. Yeah, I figured yeah. I would. Um, but I guess I am a little surprised about, yeah, like how much I talk about him or how much I, I think about him or how much I love him. Yeah. But surprised is not the right word because I knew that that would happen. It's more just you don't realize how powerful a feeling that's It's more like be. an appreciation for, like, holy crap. I really mm-hmm. have this inside me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate I appreciate my parents more. Yes. You, you instantly become closer to your family, In your parents. <clears throat> well, maybe you don't because you got no, a bad I... relationship with your parents. <laughs> but uh... I just say I throw that out there just in case my dad is actually going to listen to another one of these. <laughs> Heard you mention my T-shirt. <laughs> uh, don't talk about me on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I wanted to bring this up before I forget about it. The uh, when I was looking at all your stuff, your books and your your uh, CD that is available, there everything's listed, of course, on Amazon among other places. And I see that there's a German edition uh, of the Ghost book. Buh. Yeah, Buh. Buh. one hundred Geister die begeistern. <laughs> begeistern, begeistern. It's very scary. Oh, watch yourself. Are there ghosts in here? Are you scared? You will be. <laughs> You will be. Schneiderseis will all locker inch black. Oh, they talk funny. <laughs> yes. Those idiots. Yes. <laughs> they even know what they're saying. Yeah, ghosts. The ghost book was translated into quite a few different languages, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, there's a uh, Vietnamese. I know Vietnamese, German, and maybe Dan- maybe there's a Danish version. I forget. Um, Do you have copies of those yourself? Uh, I think I had the, I think I have the German one. <laughs> it's easy to book to translate because there's not many words. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, yeah, it's, it's neat. I don't know if there are any foreign editions of flowcharts. The flowcharts book would be impossible to translate. Cause from the examples of, from the books so that I saw. There's so many words. It's, it almost hurt my eyes. There was so much stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I'm going for. That's a compliment? Retina searing complexity. Yeah. Yes. I still don't know how I made that book. That book was crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's intense. Yeah. A lot. There's a lot. I uh, I wanted to ask you, oh, oh, there's something. What's dirty jokes every man should know? Uh, <laughs> how How is your name attached? What is that? So I edited that book. Um, And it's, yeah, it's just a joke book. Um, you edited edited it. Well, yeah. So Quirk did that, and they said they they said we want to do this dirty joke book. So do you want to do it? And so yeah, I just got like a, a bunch of old, you know, like old street jokes and old 
uh, you know, my dog has no nose. How does he smell terrible? Except not like that. I mean, it's it's dirty jokes. Yeah, it was funny. I was like, "How dirty do you want them to be?" And they're like, "You know, whatever. It's dirty, dirty as you want." And then I gave them an example, and they're like, "Well, not that dirty. <laughs> That's disgusting. We meant ribald." <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's almost all just like old, like street jokes, and you know, dirty, you know, dirty jokes. And so I collected them, and then I rewrote. That had to have been fun. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I rewrote them. And um, or like simplify them or pare them down or you know because a lot of them are just jokes you've you've heard before you know like oh a guy goes home and there's a gorilla fucking his wife and he's like hey get you you're ruining the carpet or whatever dumb right. thing um and so there's a co- and then I wrote commentary then there's like commentary there's also like sidebars or I, I talk about there's an introduction and there's things like that and that's all original content okay. but most of it's just like you know old jokes you've heard before except there's one joke in there that my friend Chip Chip Chantry wrote. And it it has become a street joke, but it's actually his joke. He says, "What's what's the worst thing that Willie Nelson can say while giving you a hand job?" By the way, I'm not really Willie Nelson, and that's just become. I've heard that. Yeah, you've heard that. Yeah, that's Chip's joke. I've for sure heard that. <laughs> yeah. and he has a tag that and say what other people don't hear, don't know is the tag, and he goes because then it's just a redheaded stranger, <laughs> which is a, a reference to his really great concept album yeah but so anyways yeah chip chip wrote that joke no shit yeah isn't that funny way to go chip yeah <laughs> wow that's crazy but so i don't really promote that book because it's not really my book it's sure. just i just edited it you know it's just uh you know yeah well your name's on it why not yeah why not i saw a thing this morning uh and i want the update what's with your beef with kevin hart Oh, do I have one? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But apparently Cat Williams does. Did you see this? No, what are they beefing about? Cat uh, <laughs> Williams apparently was just arrested recently, and then they... He's always arrested recently. Yeah, and they found him. He got bailed out, and then this video I watched, it's him. It's just for a few days old. Do you know what he got arrested for? I just out of curiosity. He, it was, he, there was some shoving involved, I know that. He shoved someone. I got in a fight. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, they, so this video I watched, it's Cat Williams, and he's in a what looks to be a mink coat, like a full-length, body-length mink coat. Nice. And he's calling out Kevin Hart for some reason. I don't know what I don't know what he problem he has with Kevin Hart. Oh, problem. so you don't know what the beef's about? But either. he's calling he's calling him a puppet, and then he's he puts down a challenge, and he says, "I'm going to come film my special in your town in Philly." And you can come and, and meet me there, and we can have five competitions, each one with a million dollars on the line. And and uh, some of the competitions he mentioned were like, uh, this is all real. You're looking at me like I'm making this up. No, no, I'm, uh, I, I believe you, but it's uh, uh, crazy. Ba- yeah, a one-on-one basketball. <laughs> yeah, and then there were some other ones. Including... I thought they would be comedy competitions. Well, well the last one he mentioned was comedy. <laughs> but the other ones were not. This is legit. I love that Cat Williams, known of course for his uh, people are like, uh, hey, you know Cat Williams? Oh, the uh, the basketball player? Yeah, he's really he's. Pre- oh yeah, right. It's just funny. It's like I like that he's staring contest, uh, table tennis. Uh. Wow, I wonder what the. Well, you have no beef with him. You know, have no comedy beef with any other Philly comics. You want to go on the record and say that? Uh, well, I got a problem with Chip's ch- uh, cheese stance. <laughs> That's about it. You've already put that one out there, though. I don't. I haven't had beef. I got beef with that guy that thinks Garrison Keillor isn't funny. <laughs> I got beef with anybody that does not like a Prairie Home Companion. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> that's your. I ask that sometimes. I ask that to people like, uh, "What is your, uh, you know, your first thoughts of Minnesota?" And yours is Garrison Keillor. Yeah, we before we, Prince. We were talking about Garrison Keeler on mic for like a half hour, and I thought it was the podcast. And then the guy in the sound booth was like, "Do you want me to start?" Because <laughs> obviously, I'm not leaving this in. So um, no, he hadn't hit record. Yeah, I love Garrison Keeler. He's a great author. I love his stories. They're so elliptical. You know, they don't have a, a standard narrative arc, and they're really, really fucking good. Like his book, Leaving Home. I would say for a newbie, for a first timer, if you've never heard him before, or if you just heard him giving his monologue on a Prairie Home Companion, you didn't like it. Some of his monologues are not as good as others because I, I mean, he does it every week. He's been doing it for twenty right. years. Right, right. But if you want to hear his best stuff, I mean, leaving a home, that story collection is incredible. And you've never gone to a show? No, I was asking. Yeah, if, 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 since I'm here, if I don't know if he's doing a show, if I could go see it. 
I think, like I said, and I think the only one I know for sure he does here is at the Minnesota State Fair in August. So you'll just have to stay until back. then. I come here for Oshkosh. For what? I go to Oshkosh in Wisconsin. You ever get? You never heard of Oshkosh? It's I, a it's a it's a airplane. It's a fly in. It's oh. a plane show. My dad and I used to go all the time. Uh-uh. And uh, yeah, I go to Oshkosh and then. For the we, plane show, yeah, there, yeah. Well, so, my, yeah, my dad flew ultra. We used right. to fly ultralights, okay. and so then we would, you would go to fly-ins, and sometimes you would just, yeah, you just, it's where you just, you fly there, and everybody's got their planes, and then you swap you, stories. You and camp then... for a couple of days, you swap stories, and then you go, you look at each other's planes, and then you also go look at, you know, they'll have a bunch of warbirds there, so you look at some P fifty ones, P forties, P thirty eights. You get some bombers. You get to, you know, you go inside a B seventeen, and oh, wow. then they have air shows and they do flybys and stuff, and. Uh, you eat corn on the cob. You listen to now you're talking country music. Eh, now you're dude. We went me. to Sun and Fun, the and the, the all they had was corn on the cob. It was the only food. <laughs> I don't know what was going. <laughs> all I ate was corn on the cob for three days. Our tent, <laughs> our, our, there was a big like uh, storm, and our tent collapsed <laughs> in the storm. And I I said, Dad, I'm. I'm going in the car, and he just stayed in the collapsed tent. He slept in the collapsed tent the rest of the night. What a man. And then his sleeping bag, we were packing for the trip, and he found the sleeping bag in the basement. And he goes, look at this thing. Look at how it was rolled up. He's like, look at how great that is. He's, you know, dads are all obsessed with packing light. Yeah. He goes, look at how small this thing rolls up in. This is fan- This rolls up as. This is fantastic. And then we get there, and he unrolls it. It's a child-sized sleeping bag. <laughs> He didn't realize that's why it rolled up. <laughs> so he's in a child-sized sleeping bag. It comes up to his thigh. He's in the collapsed tent. It's raining. It's it's stor- The only reason the tent isn't flying away because he's weighing it down. Right. I was like, I'm going into the car. Ate nothing but corn for three days. It was a disaster. You'll never forget it, though. It was fun. I mean, it was fun. Another time we went and we just drove in the Toyota, in our Toyota, and I was like 14, and he, he's like, we'll just camp in the car because the seats fold down. So I had to sleep in the trunk. <laughs> what? He's like, oh, the seats fold down. So like your your legs will just be in the trunk. And he's like, I'll just sleep sitting up in the front seat. But the seats didn't fold down all the way. They fold down like a little bit. Yeah. So it's more like sleeping in a recliner. And so yeah. I'd fall asleep, and then I'd roll down into the trunk. And I was just, so I slept in the trunk. <laughs> he slept sitting up in the front seat like a mummy. Like a vampire or something. That was another trip. <laughs> Dad of the year right there. <laughs> oh, when we were at Sun and Fun, he kept stealing golf carts. Oh. Well, because that time, he had a stroke 10 years ago, and so he's pretty severely disabled. Okay. He, and um, and so, but at Sun and Fun, he was using it to his advantage because he would, he would steal golf carts, and then when we got caught, he'd be like, oh, I had a stroke. I didn't know. You know, he would... He knew I would say, oh, my daddy had a stroke. He doesn't understand. He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm so, oh, sorry. I'm so stupid. <laughs> you know, that's like, that's like the, uh, uh, that's similar to old people. Like when they, you know, like, yeah. oh, they can get away with stealing. You yeah. They'll like, the no, never suspect bit. me. Yeah. 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 yeah he, t- he, he took, this is one perk of having a stroke. <laughs> people cut you a little slack. Jesus. I guess. Uh, are you selling? So you have so much stuff with your name on it. Are you? What are you selling at the shows? Did you bring anything along to Minneapolis? I didn't bring any merch. Nothing. Well, I hate carrying stuff. And then books also, would be difficult. Books are heavy. Yeah. So I hate, I hate carrying stuff. And then also I feel awkward as the feature of selling merch. Eh. I know a lot of people do it. Yeah. But isn't Nick out there with something after the shows? He's not. He's not selling anything this time. Oh, he's not. Okay. I feel like it's disrespectful to the headliner. Even I mean, a lot of times the headliner says they're they're cool with it, and um, I guess they are. But I I think it's a little disrespectful, and I feel weird about it. All right. And it doesn't really benefit me that much. Like, you know, I sell I, I want to sell five books, ten books per show. Great. You know, like that doesn't make any. You know, like yeah. My publisher is selling thirty thousand books. Why do I need to bring five? <laughs> to minneapolis yeah. lug them on the that's the other thing i had to carry them on the plane i'd have to check a bag lug them to sell 30 books over five days yeah if i'm lucky yeah it's not going to affect my bottom line so you could come here a day early go to all the bookstores they're in buy all those up and then sell them for double honestly that would make more sense to, to team up with a bookstore and say hey can you yeah and do a reading there and have them you know purchase 
Did you, did you do that when the when the books were brand new? Do you do readings? Or? Yeah, you, yeah. You team up with a bookstore and they they purchase a bunch and you you give a reading and then they sell them there and then signings. Yeah, you just yeah you you do. I I do like a presentation. I'll do a short reading. I do a presentation. I I write some. I write like original content for the for the readings. I usually write like a little short story about that subject and yeah. I'll do some things and then um, you do you know you talk to people afterwards and I gave a reading for. The, uh, some very interesting cats. I gave a reading at the Manhattan Public Library, uh-huh. which I was really excited about because I go there all the time. I, I love it, you know, at, at Bryant Park. And so we did a and a afterwards and people were asking really great questions until this one guy raises his hand and I go, yeah, what's your question? And he goes, I work at old folks home and there is a cat there. He comes around and this cat is black as night, black as death. And whenever he comes around, people get nervous because they know Someone is about to die. <laughs> okay, and so your question is... Yeah! And then the next lady, she raised her hand, and she starts asking this question about the Pink Panther, and then she slowly falls asleep as she's asking the question. Because oh, <laughs> we're in the middle of Manhattan, like a couple pe- and it's the public library, so like a couple people there will be on heroin. Right. Um, they kind of live there. Yeah. I was like, okay, that ends our Q&A. <laughs> You ever know about the Pink Panther? It's a cat. It's a large one. I see you know, the cats. I wonder what she was really going to ask about the Pink Panther. I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know. You'll never have to go back and go, hey, so how long you want this to be? There's always a sign. <laughs> we are done. Yeah. People need to shoot up. <laughs> yes. Uh, is there anything else we should cover here? What do you think, Doogie? You're the first person that hasn't asked me about America's Got Talent. You know what? Because I feel like you've probably answered that five billion times. I have. Um, but thank you for asking. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I probably am. Yeah. I watched the video. I saw it. You got booed. It looked like one of the worst... The first minute looked like the worst comedy experience that anyone has ever gone through. Oh, it was fine. I didn't mind at all. Yeah. Because who who gives a shit? Who are these people? A bunch of idiots. You know what I mean? Seriously, like yeah. if you're if you're at if you're performing at the Comedy Cellar, and you're bombing, that's horrible because you know that that's a good crowd, that's a good room. This is a place you want to perform. Maybe there are some people watching you. You know what I mean? If I bomb in front of a comedian I respect, that's you know right. Like so let's say somebody goes up right before me and they're good and they do well, and then I go up and I bomb. Yeah, and there are comedians in the back that I respect. That's embarrassing. But bombing on America's Got Talent, who gives a shit? It's a bunch of people. It's a show I don't respect. It's people I don't respect. It's a show for magicians and dancers and stuff. Yeah. Now it's more for comedians. Now that they've had more good comedians on yeah, there, like, and that's, and like I, Gary Veter and, and, and Taylor and uh, Greg and, and stuff. Now it's it's better. But back when I was on it, it was not, you know, the comedians were like, was a 90-year-old woman or a, a kid with cancer that's so brave for telling jokes or right. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I never saw the show. I have been watching the last couple seasons here and there because people I know have been doing really well on there. Yeah, Mike Mike Kaplan was on. Gary Vee yeah, was on. exactly. Mike Kaplan, Derek Hughes uh, did really well last summer. Mike Kaplan did well. So, yeah. So, I've watched it more. So, I never saw your stuff when that was new. Uh, and just watching the old video, It's what was it, from 2000. 10, 11? How old is that? It was season five. Okay. So I'm not sure, but I think it was like four or five years ago. Yeah, and it just seemed like a different, completely different show. Yeah, it was not really geared for comics. But yeah, everybody booed me, but I, I don't I don't care. It's not a, I'm not at a comedy show. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And I was used to getting booed, and I was used to bombing from performing in a lot in Philadelphia where the crowds are tough, and then doing lots of weird... I, I, was, I hadn't been doing comedy very long at that point, so I did lots of strange shows. I did shows you know, in the suburbs of Philadelphia at hoagie shops and, and, and things like that. And so I was used to people not liking me and I don't care, you know, as long as there are people you don't, you don't care about. I'm like, yeah, you, I didn't think you would like me. This is a bowling alley in Huntsville. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I thought you would hate me. You know, so we're not, it's fine. You know? And let's be honest, Pier, Piers, what's his name? Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. Yeah. He's a dick. Yeah. That's what everybody says. But like, that's his, yeah, that's his job. Yeah. You know, like they hired him. They know he's a dick. Like that's his thing. You're supposed to have a, a judge that let doesn't me refra- let me rephrase like that. people. I personally am am over the British like the British uh, guys that are hired uh, to be on every show. Yeah, you know, I'm just I, yeah. It's 
like I just feel like there's a uh, checklist. So like, all right, we need to hire somebody for the empty seat here. Let's see, is it a guy? Yep. Does he have a British accent? Yep, hired. <laughs> you know, John Oliver is the number one exception to yes, that right now yes. in my life. He's brilliant. But uh, we need to make America great again. We need to get these Brits out of here. Let's toss some tea <laughs> into the Boston Bay. That's what that's what I'm really getting to. No, but I, so I've been sick of the whole Piers Morgan act forever, and then just yeah. seeing him again, watching your clip on that show. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember how I didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah, uh, we're good friends, but that's that's fair. You and Sharon Osbourne, I'm sure too. Right? We hang out a lot. Yeah, she has me. Uh, I dog sit for them a lot. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Any more reality shows? Would you ever do that again? No. No. I mean, it was sort of, I didn't really get much from that show. I mean, except I was like, everywhere I went, I got recognized for uh, months. I mean, a year after that, it was, it was insane. Yeah. But I didn't really get much professionally from that show because I don't want to, I didn't want to do other reality TV. I just want to do stand up. But at that time, I wasn't particularly good at stand up. I'd only been doing it for about four years. So I, I couldn't headline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to do other reality TV and I was working at Quirk and I really loved my job so everybody's like oh you should quit your job you should move to LA you should go get a sitcom and I said you know I'll, what like the producers and I'm going to get to LA and they'll be like you were on TV what you know like who gives you know I just didn't want to do yeah. you know it's like yeah I could have if I was going to do anything else it'd be like Cupcake Wars or some dumb thing you know like I don't, I don't know people I think these days overestimate the uh, yeah anyways no you're right um but yeah and yeah and the whole thing on that show was just they're like you're weird like they thought i was weird mm-hmm. which i don't kind of tired of hearing yeah <laughs> my whole life that shit <laughs> oh you're so weird join the group you're man. weird you're weird how about that you're weird speaking of that i just bought tickets for me and my daughters to go see Weird Al, August nineteenth. It's a good in show. Minneapolis. He's good. I, oh, I've seen him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So oh, you yeah. know. Oh, he yeah. does a costume change for every song. I know. It's insane. I know. And he's got great pitch. Yeah. He's such a good live singer. So you've actually gone to a live show as well. Yeah, I've seen yeah. him. I think three times. <laughs> nice. I'm like three or four as well. Yeah. I love the song Skipper Dan. Yes. Me too. I start in every high school play. <laughs> For those of you, so if you're not, if you're listening and you haven't heard Skipper Dan, which you haven't, Probably so not. it's not a parody song. No. Nope. Like some of his songs he does in the style of something, you know, like he'll do it like he has that song about eBay that's in the style of the doors. So it's yes. an original song, but he's sort of parodying. Yeah. Recently did a song in the style of style. White Stripes. Yes. Yeah. And so Skipper Dan is in the style of, I think he said it's actually in the style of Weezer. Okay. Although I thought it was a Jimmy Buffett, I think it might be like maybe a mix of Jimmy Buffett and 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 Weezer. And it's a song about this guy. It's told in the first person, and he's like, I started. I was a big actor in in high school. I started all my high school plays. I was, just, you know, I did really well, and I moved to Hollywood. And I thought that I was gonna be a famous actor. Yeah. And uh, things haven't worked out quite that way. I've gotten close though. I work on the Jungle Cruise ride at Disneyland. <laughs> and if you've never been on the Jungle Cruise ride, it's it's this like little boat that takes you around a fake river. And there's It's the same thing every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a guy in the front of the boat fake driving it and yeah. he's he's wearing like a uh, a safari, safari outfit, outfit and he does patter. He talks to you and he makes jokes, but th- those guys they're allowed to write their own patter. They write their own patter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they write their own patterns. So you get different guys. They have different jokes. Okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> the song is told from the point of view of one of those guys. And it's, I just, it's so, I mean, I know a lot of people think it's a really sad song, which I, I guess it is. Yeah. But I think it's funny. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. The one I've been playing recently, uh, but you have to have the video to go along, is uh, Weasel Stomping Day. I love playing that one. Oh, I like that song. Yeah. I never saw the video. It's uh, It's done with... What was that show? I don't think uh, Robot Chicken. Oh yeah, yeah. It's done by the Robot Chicken guys. Oh, they did another video. For, they did other videos for him. Okay, yeah. Weasel Stomping Day. Look it up. I feel like Weird Al. Such a f- nerdy. Here's who likes Weird Al. Nerdy dads. So guys, in the, you go to the concert. It's guys in their forties. Nerds. Yeah, hello. Nerds, That's nerds. Me. Yeah. And then they're kids. They're yeah. like twelve year olds. So it's like little kids like Weird Al, and then old nerd dads. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm in fucking heaven. You don't understand how. 
I went to my first show when I was, you know, 12 or 13 or whatever. He's still got it, man. Take my children. It's amazing. He's good. I apologize for everyone. You're wrong if you don't like Weird Alan or as excited as I am because. Did he do Albuquerque when you saw him? No, I don't think that's so. That's a tough one. That yeah. song's long. Yoda is always done. Yep. Yeah. And did he do the saga begins? Yeah. Long, long mm-hmm. time ago. Yeah, that's a good one. In a galaxy far, far away, Naboo was, was under, under an attack. attack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. My, my, this here Anakin guy. Maybe <laughs> Vader someday later. Now he's just a small fry. That's it. You know, I I made a, I want to say one last thing about him. I made a CD for my like I made a copy of a Weird Al CD so my kids could have it back at mom's house. You know, mm-hmm. when they weren't with me. Well, she this is like two years ago. She heard them listening to it and took it away. Is that why you guys got divorced because of? Well, we were already separated. She hated then, Weird Al. But, uh, no, uh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> That's the everything wedge. worked out great, and then we got to the music. First and, crack in the facade. <laughs> when I found out she didn't like Weird Al, I thought, oh, this is a warning sign. Yeah, right. This is a red flag. Al, what would Al do? That's what I asked myself. Have you heard Paul F. Tompkins' bit about Weird Al? The story about him? I don't know. Where he Paul w- when he was working on Best Week Ever, and Weird Al was. Uh, in the room next door recording one of those other talking head shows like remember the I 90s the 80s or something yeah like yeah yeah it's it, it's uh, if you if you if you guys like weird Al, go to go, go check it out i forget which album is on it's one of his recent albums he's got this great story about it, his interaction with weird Al. oh okay no, yeah, no, it's, no, it's, it's, it's funny up. well i think we did it doogie we did it i think we covered it all uh, people should come out and see you and nick thune this week at acme Today's uh, people hearing this the day we record it because we put this out today, Wednesday, show tonight, tomorrow, two and Friday, two Saturday. Yeah, and you can, uh, if you're still, li- first of all, I'll be shocked if anybody's still listening at this point. Yeah, well, maybe uh, this is the fourth <laughs> day we've listened to, you know, 15 minutes at a time. Uh, but you can check out my album, The Delicate Man, is available on iTunes and Google Play, which I didn't know was a thing until I found out my album was on it. Uh, you can check out my book, Some Very Interesting Cats, perhaps you weren't aware of. It's still in stores right now. You can also get it online. Uh, you can go to my website, doogiehorner.com. It's rarely updated, but there is some stuff there. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Doogie Horner. Thank you for having me on the podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Doogie.